Hello, and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Nada Khan, and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. In this episode, we talk to Professor Emma Wallace, who is a GP and Professor of General Practice at the University College Cork. We're discussing the paper that her and her team have published in the BJGP, aiming to look at the incidence and severity of adverse drug reactions in older adults in the community. So welcome, Emma. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. And uh, so tell me a bit more about this study. So what led you and your team to look at this area? Sure. So I am a a GP um, and I um, work in a practice that looks after um, a a large proportion of older people who are living with long term chronic health conditions and as a result are taking um, multiple long term medications. And I suppose, as we know, care is becoming increasingly complex um, and it can be difficult as a GP to know sometimes how to weigh up or how best to weigh up the, the potential benefits versus the risks of potential harm when starting a new medicine. So I was interested in um, how common an issue um, adverse drug reactions are in general practice. Um, And I knew from the literature that it's estimated that about one in 10 emergency admissions are are thought to be as a result of adverse drug reactions. Um, But I was very interested in looking at this from a, a GP perspective in terms of how common a problem this is and how severe the adverse drug reactions are and that are occurring in, in a general practice setting. So tell us a bit more about what you did. It was quite an involved study and involved manual review of GP records to detect adverse drug reactions, wasn't it? That's right. So this was a prospective cohort study um, that was carried out over a six-year period. So we recruited um, older people aged 70 or older in 2010 and then followed that um, patient cohort up for six years until 2016. Um, And we in terms of, of, of um, looking for adverse drug reactions, we, as you said, we manually reviewed their GP uh, electronic health record. Uh, we also asked patients to fill in a detailed self-report questionnaire. And then we had linked pharmacy claims data to look at the prescriptions that have been dispensed. Um, and our, I suppose our primary outcome of interest was the, the occurrence of the adverse drug reaction and how severe that was um, and using a, a validated scale. Okay, so tell us a bit more about what you found. Sure. So in this six-year prospective cohort study, um, we recruited 904 older people um, from 15 general practices. And um, over the six-year period, 592 completed six-year follow-up. So of those who didn't complete follow-up, unfortunately, 125 people died during the intervening six-year period and 52 moved into nursing home care. Um, The median age of participants was 75 years of age, and the median number of of medicines were five, and 9% of the cohort were taking 10 or more long-term medicines. We found that approximately one in four older people experienced an adverse drug reaction uh, over the six-year period, and um, the the commonest drug classes involved in these um, adverse drug reactions were cardiovascular um, drugs, nervous system drugs, and anti-infectives. Um, In terms of severity, we found, thankfully, that the majority of adverse drug reactions were mild, so 89%. And when I say mild, that's using a a validated rating scale, so it means clinically mild. So that means that the patient um, did not need any further treatment for their symptom or or lab abnormality. Um, 11% of adverse drug reactions were moderate, and that means that the patient either needed treatment from their GP or they needed to be admitted to hospital, but were not left with any permanent um, disability as a result of the adverse drug reaction. 
um, and uh, in total, eight patients experienced an emergency admission as a result of their adverse drug reaction. Thankfully, no patient experienced a severe adverse drug reaction, and that will be defined as a patient who um, either died from the, the ADOR or a patient who um, had a permanent disability as a result of the ADOR. So thankfully, there was no, um, no patient that experienced a severe ADOR. I was actually really surprised at how common the adverse drug reactions were. And as you say, some of the drug reactions were pretty serious, with almost 4% requiring a hospital admission. Were you surprised at how common they were? And can you also talk us through what kind of serious things necessitated a hospital admission? Sure. So I think... I think I think I wasn't that surprised, to be honest, um, in terms of how common they were. Um, previous studies, I guess, have used different methodologies and, and focused on different populations and have found really broad ranges, anywhere between 6 and 80 percent in terms of, of how common ADORs are. Um, but I suppose the one previous study that we found that, that was relatively similar to the one we were interested in found about 28 percent of patients experiencing ADORs. Um, I think what was what was very interesting was to see um, the the types of of ADORs that patients were experiencing, and indeed the the medications that were in, involved in those. Um, and I think that would very much be in line with, I suppose, my experience as a GP um, in terms of the medicines that we prescribe um, a lot, you know, in this particular patient cohort. I think was all, what was also really interesting when we, we completed a, a, a logistic regression analysis to see what patient characteristics were most associated with experiencing an adverse drug reaction, that it, it was very clear that the, in, that the more medicines a patient is taking, the higher the risk. So patients who were prescribed 10 or more long-term medicines had a threefold risk of experiencing an adverse drug reaction. And, you know, that's that's, a, I suppose, a, a particularly complex patient group, but I think that's really important information for us as GPs in terms of trying to prioritise patients um, who will perhaps get the most benefit from structured medication reviews uh, and other interventions perhaps focused around uh, trying to de-prescribe. Yeah, and as you touch upon, some drugs are more likely to be associated with adverse reactions. And I think some of the drugs maybe aren't as surprising, such as diuretics, but Others that were more commonly implicated were antidepressants such as citalopram and mirtazapine and some antibiotics. And these are pretty commonly used drugs, actually, aren't they? So it's almost surprising that these were associated with adverse reactions. Yeah, I guess I suppose every medication that that um, that a patient takes, there is there is there is the, the the benefit of that medication in terms of treating the underlying condition, and then we're always trying to balance that with the, with the potential for harm. Um, and it's it's it becomes an increasingly complicated balancing act as a patient ages because obviously our pharmacokinetics change and, and we become more vulnerable to um, adverse drug reactions as we age. Um, and then other comorbidities will also impact as will other concurrent medications in terms of the the outcome. So there's there's a lot kind of contributing to this. Um, and certainly, you know, patients who who are taking multiple medicines. I think the, the balancing act becomes really very complex. Um, so I, I, I think for us as GPs, it's it's really important to, to always have adverse drug reactions on our differential um, when we see a patient presenting with a new symptom, uh, particularly an older patient who is already taking multiple medicines. Um, and, it, and even that can be very challenging because a lot of these adverse drug reactions are quite nonspecific. So for example, dizziness or fatigue or... Um, falls and that can have lots of different causes um so it's trying to untangle all of that 
Um, but I think having adverse drug reactions on our differential um, at least will, will, will keep this issue on our radar and um, ensure that we're thinking about it when, when assessing patients. One concept that you mentioned in the discussion I thought was really relevant was about the prescribing cascade mm-hmm. where patients present with um, a symptom and a new medication is initiated to treat that symptom, but that symptom is actually an adverse reaction to another drug. So talk us through this prescribing cascade and how that might happen in practice. Sure. Um, we're, we're actually doing um, a big piece of work on prescribing cascades at the moment because I agree, I think it's a really interesting and, and kind of understudied area. So a prescribing cascade occurs when, as you say, a medicine is, is prescribed either intentionally or unintentionally to, to treat the side effect of another medicine. So sometimes we will intentionally co-prescribe a medicine with another because of a known side effect. So for example, um, a patient who we're prescribing an anti, anti-inflammatory drug for, we will co-prescribe a proton pump inhibitor to reduce that patient's risk of experiencing um, GI upset. However, in other instances, um, for example, if a patient is prescribed amlodipine for their blood pressure and develop um, a side effect of ankle swelling, and if that isn't recognized as a side effect of amlodipine, that patient could then, for instance, be prescribed something like fruzamide. And then suddenly you you have a patient who is now on two medicines, the first which has caused a side effect and the second which wasn't necessary. So you have this cascade of prescribing that has occurred. And certainly if if adverse drug reactions aren't recognised or if they're not on our differential when we're seeing these older older patients um, presenting with new symptoms, there is a risk that patients will be prescribed additional medicines that they perhaps don't need and the um, index medicine or the initial medicine, which has caused the adverse drug reaction, um, is, is continued instead of being stopped. So it's, it, it can have, I suppose, unintended consequences beyond the, um, the, 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 the adverse drug reaction itself. Yeah, it seems you've got an issue and you're just making it worse by <laughs> trying to overlap more and more drugs and, in, in a sense, also making the issues around polypharmacy even more troublesome. Um, and in the findings, you highlight how polypharmacy is associated with the adverse drug reactions and um, highlight the role of medication reviews in practice and possibly making sure that people who are on a number of drugs have priority for medication reviews. Do you have any thoughts about the roles of clinical pharmacists in this, especially in England with the additional roles funding more pharmacists are involved with patient medication reviews and prescribing? Absolutely. I think clinical pharmacists have a really important role um, to play. Um, I mean, they really have so much expertise um, and that expertise really comes into its own with these very complicated prescribing regimes and medication regimes for patients. Um, and I think it's really important that we are all working in partnership. Um, so the prescriber, the, the, the clinical pharmacist, the um, patient, um, and you know, being realistic about what can be achieved. I think sometimes um, looking at these prescriptions, it can feel quite overwhelming in terms of where to start. Um, so I think just ta- you know, taking it slowly, figuring out what um, matters most to the patient in terms of their, their care goals, and looking at what potentially on their current prescription list may no longer be clinically indicated or may not be um, working in the way we, we would hope um, and, and trying to start um, deprescribing it in that way. And remembering that we can take our time and taper slowly one medication at a time. And, and that really is the, the safest way to, to do it. But certainly the research around um, deprescribing would indicate 
that um, you know we can deprescribe safely once we once we follow appropriate guidelines. Um, and while there are while there, while there is a risk of ad, adverse drug withdrawal events, um, the, the the risk of of that is is less than the risk of continuing a medication that may may no longer be indicated. Um, but obviously, this has to be done in, in partnership. And I certainly would see um, clinical pharmacists as having a, a, a big role in that. That's an important point to highlight around de-prescribing, de especially in this cohort of patients who are older, and especially thinking about some of the antidepressant medication that you've highlighted as well as having uh, an impact on adverse events as well. Any other implications for practice that you would like to highlight for GPs or people working in primary care? So I think, I suppose, if there was two two things that I, I would hope people would take from this study, one is to keep adverse drug reactions on our differential. And I think for me as a GP, that has that is the practice changing piece of this research for me as I go into, into practice tomorrow. So if I see an older person presenting with a new symptom, I now really do think, could this be medication related? And, and, I, and I, I really take a, a very careful look at the medication list. And second is really... With increasing numbers of medicine, the risk risk really does increase, and, and this research shows that patients on ten or more medicines have a threefold um, increased risk of experiencing an adverse drug reaction. And sometimes, as a GP, you know, a patient can can you know suddenly tip over ten meds quite 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 quickly. And and you know, when you when you're seeing that person periodically over time, sometimes identifying patients who are taking that number of medicines. Um, you might just need to, to think about how, how, how you're going to do that in your own practice to make sure that these patients are um, being prioritised and, and targeted for, for medication reviews, um, because certainly that appears to be the cohort who will get um, a lot of value from, from a structured medication review. Okay, thanks very much. Um, I wonder if you could just take this opportunity to give us a summary of the study and some of the main findings. Certainly. So in this prospective cohort study uh, that recruited older people aged 70 years or older attending general practice and um, followed those patients up for six years between 2010 and 2016, we found that one in four older people experienced at least one adverse drug reaction over the six-year period. The majority of adverse drug reactions were clinically mild, but 11% were moderate severity and eight patients experienced an emergency admission as a result of the adverse drug reaction. When we completed logistic regression analysis um, with our primary outcome of AD or occurrence, we found that females and those prescribed increasing numbers of medicines were more likely to experience an adverse drug reaction. In particular, patients prescribed 10 or more medicines had a threefold increased risk of experiencing an adverse drug reaction. So in terms of implications for practice, I would encourage GPs and clinicians to keep adverse drug reactions on their differential for older people presenting with new symptoms, acknowledging how challenging this can be due to the overlap between chronic health condition symptoms and, and the symptoms of aging. And secondly, in terms of targeting um, a group for structured medication reviews, those prescribed 10 or more long-term medicines um, are, are a very important group to target because they seem to be at the highest risk of experiencing adverse drug reactions. That's great. I think that given the findings, there are some really clear implications for practice. So I hope that people reading the paper and listening today can take those back to their own clinical practice as well. And that's a great place to wrap up. Thanks very much again, Emma. Great. Thank you, Nada. And thank you all very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. 
The original research article can be found on bjgp.org. And a reminder about the BJGP Research Conference, which is being held on the 31st of March, 2023. The conference website is up and running at bjgp.org forward slash conference. So do take a look for more information on how to register. And we look forward to seeing you there. Thanks again for listening. Bye.